welcome everybody. Uh, first off, I'd like to give an introduction uh, to what is asset management in our class that we're going to do today. The expectations for today's session, uh, first off, is getting in the frame of mind of an asset manager. Uh, second is the definition of asset management. Then we'll talk about asset manager functions. Clarify role between the property manager versus the asset manager. The creation of asset manager. How was an asset manager ever created? The two hats of an asset manager and what they wear, budgeting and forecasting, as well as financial reporting. Uh, business plan, uh, constantly evolving, so how an asset manager uh, puts together a business plan. Uh, troubled assets, how does an asset manager deal with troubled assets? What's their role with a troubled asset? Uh, repositioning of an asset, what's the asset manager's role of repositioning? Uh, management efficiencies, how do you efficiently run a portfolio or how does the asset manager efficiently run a portfolio for you? And what makes a good asset manager? So let's get started. First off, asset management frame of mind. You gotta be in the right frame of mind as an asset manager. What I've noticed in the asset managers I've worked with over the years is the good ones don't panic. So prime example of that is you look at what people might see from the outside, which is on the top left side where it says success and you see the line going up. That's what people think. But in reality, there's a lot of little micro uh, pieces within this business plan that looks like chaos and what really happens and what really goes on when you're on the inside, but you get to the next level. So it's keeping your composure, uh, making sure you're keeping up with the times. And that brings me to the last picture there, which is, will the last person leaving Seattle turn out the lights? This was in 1972 when Boeing was shutting down and everyone thought Seattle was going to shut down. Uh, one of my mentors who was buying real estate back in the early 70s, he was buying apartment buildings right around close to that sign. And that's where I got this picture from. Uh, he provided it to me. And basically, he was going with the growth mode of what was going on in the marketplace. So he was being very clever of watching the market. So as an asset manager, you got to really know what's going on in your market and make sure you know more than everybody else around your market and your asset classes. So let's talk about the definition of asset management. First off, I want to say thank you to Henry Glickman. Uh, Henry Glickman's a fellow CCIM, an attorney out of New York, and he put together a lot of information around what is asset management. And I've followed him for many years, and majority of this presentation comes from information that he's worked through over the years, and I'm honored to have been receiving this information from him. And so I want to be able to put it out there and, and uh, let you have an act, uh, opportunity to enjoy it as well. So asset management. It can be defined as the process of overseeing property performance with the goal of enhancing value and maximizing return to the owner. Asset management does not consist of a single activity. There's multiple activities that go on within asset management that takes place in a discrete moment in time. So it's not you know, every moment of the day, it's, it's throughout the whole process of the asset. So it's really uh, a bunch of individual timelines of dealing with the asset. It takes place over the life cycle of the property, you know, from the time it's acquired and disposed of or acquired and repositioned and held and then disposed of or the continual life cycle of acquisition and disposition. It's completely a process. Asset management is about maintaining and creating value consistent with ownership objectives. It blends both a big picture perspective and a hands-on approach, you know, the day-to-day -day operations that an asset manager has to do. Um, and of course, the decision making. You got to be able to be a good decision maker to be in the asset management business. It's all about the decision of when to buy, when to sell, when to reposition, when to deal with those bad tenants, how to get rid of the bad tenants, how to get good tenants, how to position the property, and so forth. 
this is done through an efficient balance between the landlord-tenant relationship. And as the asset manager, you step in the position of the landlord and you're basically the voice, eyes, ears of the, uh, the ownership group or the individual owner themselves. Uh, this is done through multiple uh, ways of budgeting, uh, operating expense analysis, control, real estate taxes, uh, insurance reviews, capital improvements, you know, energy management programs, lease analysis, market awareness, and market awareness is a big one. Got to make sure you know your market. Based on those various factors that we just discussed, asset managers determine ways to increase the profitability. At the end of the day, we're the stewards of those funds and those properties as an asset manager. You got to make sure that you're working on behalf of the ownership group and you have a fiduciary responsibility to do so. The asset manager functions. So as we look at the asset manager functions, you know, what, what we're really looking for is, uh, the, depending on the size of the owner, we have to talk about that, the size of the property and the holding, really matters on how you deal with the property itself. So a large portfolio may have an on-site manager, and so you're working with the on-site manager. If it's a smaller property, you may be uh, managing it from your own office with your own team, so it has a different type of management style. But the asset manager's functions will also vary depending on the size of the owner's property holdings, how many holdings they have, and so forth. Um, in the case of a large holding, the portfolio manager or the asset manager really takes on that CEO, CEO role. So you're overseeing a portfolio of properties and you're taking that entrepreneurial approach to those properties. If it's a single asset holding, it's more of the ownership control as a sole proprietor or sole owner. You're still the CEO, but not as large of a, of a task that you'd have as more of the individual focus. Um, the asset manager oversees all the key positions needed for the property itself. So when you're thinking of all the various key positions that you have. You've got the you know, environmental and health safety consultants. You gotta deal with the property tax specialists, the attorneys, the CPAs, the construction managers, uh, the architects, the security consultants, the energy consultants, the appraisers, the lenders, the brokers, the bankers. Um, as you can see, there's just a lot of people you have to orchestrate. And I like to use the conductor of an orchestra as a good example because uh, as you stand up as the conductor and you look up out there, you have your first seat and all your, you know, main instruments. So if you look out and you see the first chair violin, that could be your attorney. You got the first chair cello, that could be your accountant. And then they have their team that basically coordinates with them as well. So you have to be a really good conductor and you have to be able to play uh, everybody together and make sure that everything comes together. So you're basically bringing everybody together and getting all the experts that you need and you're making great music together. To clarify the role between property manager and asset manager, sometimes these get intermixed and you need to make sure you understand the difference between the two. But a property manager really monitors like the on-site staff. So like I mentioned earlier, a larger property, they're dealing with the on-site. So you have an on-site manager and then your property manager is working with them. So you're overseeing the individuals, their objectives, the expenses for that property or groups of properties. Uh, they're the primary contact for your tenants, for your vendors. Uh, they assist with all the staffing. Um, they prepare the first pass of the annual budget. So when they're working on a budget and they're putting a budget together, they're going to run the first pass with their on-site team. And again, if you have a smaller property, they may be doing it all at once, but it's still the same principles that apply. Then they put this together and then you come to the asset manager. The asset manager really takes on more of that global approach. You're looking at the top level, you're 
overlooking everything and you're trying to find out where's the gotchas. You really want to make sure that everything is covered and protected so you have the right team in place. So you basically are creating the plan for each property in conjunction with your property managers. You're hiring the right property manager or managers and you work closely with the owners, real close with the owners because you got to make sure the objectives you're working towards are the objectives of the landlord, which is the ownership or ownership group. All, and last but not least, you got to monitor and analyze all the financials and market conditions. So again, for me, being a CCIM, a Certified convert Commercial Investment Member, my focus is working with my fellow CCIMs in all the territories and markets that I work in. So I'm fortunate to have that uh, group of people that I work with, so I have access to information that others may not have. Then you got the creation of an asset manager. How did an asset manager all come about? Originally, they were employees of financial institutions that were having problems. So when there was a problem, they were bringing in a consultant to help solve this problem, whether it's uh, an empty property, um, you know, like it says there, clean up a mess. Um, they basically were looking to take on this problem and solve it. So they brought these individuals in, these consultants, to kind of help them through the process. While they were going through and doing the work and they helped make all the recommendations for improvements, the tenants, who to go after, how to turn it to be profitable versus losing, the larger institutions saw this as a big value in managing a portfolio. So they started hiring these people, individuals full-time and they called them asset managers. So before that, they were just outside consultants. So then the small and large firms started hiring these individuals to be asset managers to do nothing but steward those uh, assets with fiduciary responsibility to the landlord and ownership group. And that's really kind of how they all came together. And the primary role is to examine, evaluate, and implement programs to maximize portfolio value and, of course, maximize distribution to the ownership group. The two hats that an asset manager wears. So an asset manager has two different hats. The first hat is around budgeting and forecasting. It's really the manager's Bible, the budget. So you're working to the budget. Now, you're updating the budget on a regular basis, the budget versus actual. So you're really looking for any variances that or that could come back to get you. So you want to make sure you're staying on track with your budget, so your yardstick, what you're measuring with. You complete the budget usually three to four months prior to the start of a new year. Sometimes it'll be in two months. All depends on what kind of property or asset that it is. Then the property manager prepares the first draft. They'll put together the first budget based on prior year's actuals and then forecasting towards any type of big expenses that might happen. Um, for one, one of our properties, we have a bunch of palm trees uh, down in California on the property. And that's a big expense every year to trim those palm, palm trees. And so we got to make sure that that gets in the budget. And it can change depending on how the, the weather is that year. After the property manager puts together all their information, you sit down, they sit down with the asset manager. And then we put everything together. And then we sit down with the ownership group and say, okay, here's the budget we're looking at. See that matches what their plans are. And at that point in time, that's when you start having the conversation around expectations for the ownership group. Then you put it all together and then you've got your, again, quote unquote, Bible put together and ready to go. And then you've got your financial reporting, which is the uh, next hat. Financial reporting basically is the budget needs to be timely and evaluated. So if you look at the financial reports, usually you try to get the reports out right after all the bank statements are in for the prior month. So by the 10th to 12th, you want to have those completed and able to go for review and have conversations. Then when you see a 5% variance in uh, an item, you want to make sure you dive into that and understand why that 5% is there so you can articulate it, understand it, so it's not creeping up and it's going to get you down towards the end of the year. 
you make the changes all along the way. So you're updating that forecast as long as you go. You know, typical reports that we look at as an asset manager that we that we review on a regular basis, you know, the rent roll, aged receivables, variances we just talked about, profit and loss, accumulated NOI, cash account, the balance sheet, of course, uh, security deposits, making sure we're in standards there, check register, general ledger, payroll ledger, payables, escrow accounts that we may have uh, for an acquisition or disposition. Um, or any type of reserves that we're holding in escrow, uh, the accumulated depreciation, so your asset report, and then of course the rental reports. What's my move in, move out for multifamily? You know, what's my rental? I have any incre increases coming up on any other properties that we have? So you're really making sure you keep tabs on all of that. The business plan. The business plan gets created up front and then you continually evolve it as time goes. So the overall objective on the business plan, maximize the value of the portfolio. Seems pretty straightforward, but a lot of people don't look at it as the number one objective. You know, we do. We want to maximize that value for everybody involved. The three main steps in analyzing the portfolio, formulating the strategy to increase distributions, implementation of strategy and plan. Those are the three main steps that we look at every time we look at it, the, the report and the business plan. We say, okay, are we maximizing our return? Do we have the right portfolio? Do we have the right product mix? And is our strategy sound? Then the asset manager, we prepare the blueprint. So specifically for each property, we put together a blueprint. And we'll do it as a portfolio as well. So if it's the different asset classes, we can have one for industrial, one for multifamily, you know, one for office, one for retail, one for development, and then we have one that's called opportunistic, which might be repositioning rehab. So it all depends on what the client is looking for. So it's all customized for each client and what their desired needs are and expectations are. Then address the property's capacity for generate NOI. So this is where we're really looking at each property and saying, are we maximizing return? Can we put an antenna on the roof? Can we add a kiosk out front? You know, can we put a coffee out in the corner uh, of the parking lot? Is the zoning changing or reducing our parking liability so we can, or park, parking requirements so we can add other types of buildings or other types of uses? Um, the zoning changes, can we reposition it and put multifamily in there? Can we do a mixed use? You know, all kinds of things you're really looking at to see if you're maximizing the right NOI. And there's definitely the conclusion. The conclusion is really the strategy for each property. So what is the overall strategy what are your steps to success? And you're moving those forward. The reposition of an asset. Uh, this one here is, you know, the manager's role when you're going to reposition a troubled asset. This, this uh, sometimes you get called in or you have a property that was a single tenant use. This was uh, real big in 2008 through 2011 when you had single, uh, single uh, user tenant mixes like grocery stores who went out of business uh, or a large box. So it's like, okay, what do you do with that? So, First off, you got to make sure you have an asset in a good location and it's just needs to be repositioned or do you actually have, you know, a weak asset in a weak market? That makes it even more difficult. So you got to figure out how do we get out of this? How do we reposition this? So basically a lot of the troubled assets end up being held back by the lenders. So CMBS loans, there were no personal guarantees, non-recourse. So they ended up with a lot of these troubled assets. So they had to find asset managers, get in there and clean them up get them repositioned and sold off. So a lot of troubled assets are held by uh, financial institutions. The primary objective was to convert them to be performing, 
one way or another. I mean, we had some where they vacated and then we backfilled it with uh, a majority user like Hobby Lobby or uh, something of that size. And then we carve out a small piece and try to put in, you know, Planet Fitness or uh, a health and exercise type group that was out expanding. And then clean up the property, give a good curb appeal, and then find the right coupon clipping investor that would buy that property. So there's a big, a lot that goes into that. Um, there's seven steps in undertaking a troubled asset, which is, uh, which is something that has to be, you know, looked at as well. And if you look at the troubled assets, I mean, first off, you got to make sure you secure the property. Then you need to ensure, ensure the property uh, doesn't have any, you know, hazardous materials on it. Is there a phase one or need a phase two? Because no one wants to buy something that's going to have some type of environmental issue. Then you got to basically activate and change the utilities to, you know, who the new asset owner is. So you got to make sure you take care of that. Then you got to check all the mechanical systems. Uh, grocery stores, if you don't back flush all the uh, um, water through the system, because a lot of them are water cooled that go through the freezers and uh, cooling systems. If you don't pull that out, it can damage everything and you're going to lose a good half a million dollars worth of uh, equipment that, uh, that you need to deal with. Um, and again, you want to make sure you don't have any type of environmental in the property itself. Make sure there's no mold, asbestos, or anything you have to deal with uh, from that nature. And then you basically look at a repair schedule. So you got to put together a repair schedule for the property and say, okay, what do we need to do to get this property to perform? As it relates to any type of deferred maintenance, you know, roofs, structural, um, glass, a lot of this glazing, because if it goes vacant and it's troubled, you'll get a lot of broken glass, uh, vagrants, you know, moving in. And uh, we've had to do that, or you had to kick people out that have uh, busted down the door, moved in, and we're camping. So you just got to make sure you really secure the property, get it ready to be cleaned up. And then, of course, then you got the physical deficiencies of the property you got to consider. So is it, you know, a bad look? Do we need a new look, a new facade, and so forth? Um, as the asset manager of Shovel Asset, you got to work really closely with a whole lot of individuals. I mean, you've got everyone you got to deal with. The city is a big one. So you're dealing with the city. You've got the experts you have to deal with. Like I said, environmental always creeps up. Then you've got architects. Then you've got construction. Um, you've got mechanical. Uh, you've got roofing. So you've got a lot of people you want to coordinate to make sure that uh, you know exactly what's going to cost to reposition this property and then know exactly what it's going to take financially to make it happen and then have an exit so that you can present that to the ownership group uh, or individual owners. The next one's a lot easier. This is just, this is just repositioning an asset. <laughs> Much easier than dealing with a troubled asset because usually troubled assets, you, you don't know they're in trouble until um, they become in trouble. Uh, on a reposition, you're looking at that from a positive perspective that you're just trying to reposition an asset and you're not in trouble with it. So you're basically trying to, you know, basically recapture all the value you can out of that property. As I mentioned earlier, you're looking for all the various revenue sources you can. Is that property better to be torn down and build seven stories up and do a mixed use? Uh, is that property better suited for self-storage or is that property better suited for a retail or shopping center or, um, you know, something like that. So it's, uh, the idea is really identifying what that property can do. And then also the uniqueness of the, of the asset. You know, if it's a great location, high visibility, high traffic, you know, do you have the right asset on there that would give you the long stream steady income? You need to determine the reposition work to be done. You know, this is back to having a team. You know, a good asset manager, we'll talk about that in a little bit. A good asset manager has a team of professionals ready to go and that they work with them 
over years, decades even, to make sure that you're getting the right uh, people on the job. The various ways to enhance the property asset uh, and its value, so you're really looking at it saying, okay, how do we enhance this value? Converting existing use to new use, we talked about that, the adaptive reuse. Um, you know, we've taken uh, big box, turned them into self-storage. We've taken, um, you know, basically raw vacant land that's being used for outdoor storage and end up putting mini storage. So, I mean, there's all different things you can do for adaptive reuse uh, on the existing property. Uh, Got to be creative. We'll talk about this and into entrepreneurial. I mean, the asset manager should have a wide variety of entrepreneurism in them so that they can look at something at a high level and just think outside the box and then talk to a lot of people. Again, back to, for me, it's working with my CCIM members, um, see what else is in the market and see what else is making money. Uh, obviously working closely with the architect, uh, ability to explore all options, financial modeling is another big key. So get a strong asset manager has a good financial background. Um, the asset, we work with the construction team, the scheduling, and then we reposition it, um, making sure we're watching it. Any, anything that's materially uh, gonna affect the uh, the tenants, we wanna make sure that they are taken care of. So you keep them apprised. Ideally, you do all the work that doesn't touch the tenants. Um, if anything's gonna touch the tenants, then you make sure it's at their scheduling. So you're working in the evenings, not during the day. You know, Whatever it takes to make sure that you can accommodate and keep them in there, keep them happy, because they're the ones that are gonna stay with you. The last one here, appreciation. I, I like to talk about this because it is nice to, if you have tenants in there, just show your appreciation. You know, um, give them something in return. It could be as a barbecue. It could be uh, something as simple as that, is giving something back to your current tenants and helping them uh, feel special and thanking them. Management efficiencies, I, I think this is really self-explanatory. I mean, the asset manager needs to really evaluate all the profit centers and make sure you're running efficiently and making sure all additional income is being captured. So that's, that's a big one. And looking at all those expenses every year, not to get comfortable. What I have found with vendors that you work with for many years, sometimes those vendors like to creep their bills up, but you don't really see the increase in their uh, um, work being done on the property. So especially with landscapers, uh, anybody you have that's doing handiwork around the property, things like that, you gotta make sure you keep everybody honest. You know, don't let them get soft. Uh, make sure you're bidding it out. Cause again, our responsibility is the, ownership group and the landlord. So it's to make sure that they can get more money on their distribution. So we gotta look at all costs all the time. Uh, is there any excess space to be leased to third party partners? Uh, an example of this, you get an extra office space in one of your properties. Do you have a partner that would wanna rent that from you? Do you have a broker that you work with that would wanna rent that space? Do you have a, uh, you know, uh, a part-time bookkeeper who wants to rent that space? So there's other areas that you can make some money uh, on that. Uh, the ability to terminate and buy out existing leases. You know, this is one we like to get into properties that we think can be repositioned is on the leases. Make sure you get that termination clause, the ability to buy them out, uh, buy out their lease, because that is an asset. Um, so if you can get those in there, uh, that's a good thing to have. You raise rents with caution. You know, that's the, that's one thing. Uh, but then the last point in here, it talks about, uh, you know, the saying you've heard, you have an apartment building, you're 100% leased up, then you're not charging enough. Usually you want to be about 95% occupancy in your apartment building because that means you're hitting the rents right where it's right at the top and people are coming and going, but you're hitting the top market rent. If you're 100% lease and no one's moving out, then you're not charging enough. So you really got to have that fine line, that fine balance. Retail is the same way. Looking at who your tenants are, you know, um, making sure you got the right deal in place. 
the uh, the putting an option in a lease really, in my opinion, only helps the tenant. Doesn't help the landlord because if it's not at market, they're going to renegotiate anyways. So when they say I have a 10-year deal, but it's a five-year with a five-year option, I, I don't look at those as a 10-year deal. That's a five-year deal, and chances are it's going to be a renegotiation, a renegotiation at some point at the end there. So what makes a good asset manager? You know, asset managers are generalist. You know, I'd say strong financial abilities, understand the financial statement inside and out, understand taxes, understand development, construction, understand tenants, understand uh, personalities, the various personalities, being able to identify people, good reader of people and uh, their habits, um, looking at a credit report, kind of seeing what kind of person you are leasing to so you understand people. Um, they have a real strong knowledge, obviously, in leasing, finance, marketing, property management, human resources, law, construction, um, asset managers stay current on uh, all aspects of commercial real estate, uh, which is key, and then a strong communicator and ability to work with anyone. So what you don't want to have is somebody, some, somebody that's extremely arrogant that can't communicate with people. You want somebody that understands everybody and is always trying to play in the middle and find the right solution. So the, the good asset managers that I see and I try to copy, if I look for the, the, the ones that have a good, strong personality, you know, don't take their niceness as a weakness, but they get along with everybody. They look for a middle ground. They find something that works for everybody. So um, that's a big personality trait that I look for uh, in an asset manager, and I try to do. Well, thank you, Derek. Um, do you have any final comments? No, I, I would say at, at the highest level, what asset management is, I mean, you really are the steward of an individual property or a portfolio of properties for that ownership group. And so the asset manager has to be the CEO. They have to work with it as if it's their own money and their own credit at stake because it's important that the asset manager understands their responsibilities uh, to the ownership group. So I think a, a good, strong personality, entrepreneurially spirited, um, someone that understands finances inside and out, has a great network, um, and has the ability to solve problems, so a problem solution. So I think when you're looking at an asset manager, I mean, those are kind of the keys you look for. Um, 